0: Chronicles, Making Montana Connections. I'm KRTV KXLH anchor and reporter Tim McGonigle. Native American heritage is as much a part of Montana as the landscape of Big Sky Country itself. Even before Sacagawea helped guide the Lewis and Clark expedition through Montana in the early 1800s, Native Americans have played major roles in the state's rich history. And that continues today in numerous facets, including art. On this edition of McGonagall's Chronicles, we focus on a trio of native artists who are using their skills to not only educate and entertain, but also raise awareness. We begin with a star on the silver screen and a proud member of the Blackfeet Nation, Lily Gladstone. Her Hollywood stock has been steadily rising since she was introduced to audiences in the 2016 film Certain Women. Currently, the University of Montana graduate stars in Killers of the Flower Moon, playing Molly Kyle. Starring alongside Leonardo DiCaprio and Robert De Niro, the film, directed by Martin Scorsese, tells the story of suspicious murders of members of the Osage Nation, and they became some of the richest people in the world after the discovery of oil under their land. Although my interview with her was brief, lasting just over five minutes due to other publicity commitments on her part, she did talk about the importance of the role, her early influences, and how she's using her on-screen notoriety to bring important Native American issues to light. All right, hello, Lily. Tim McGonigal from uh, Great Falls, Montana, KRTV. Hi, Tim. Uh, Not quite your Browning backyard, but uh, at least we're in the neighborhood. Close.
1: I I spent a lot of time in Great Falls, a lot of Blackfoot in Great Falls.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) I know know
1: G-Funk well.
0: (laughs) Yeah, me too. (laughs) Uh, Well, uh, Lily, uh, congratulations on the early success of Killers of the Flower Moon. Thank you. Uh, In this this film, you play uh, Molly Kyle Burkhart. Uh, So tell me what intrigued you about this role and what ultimately led you to uh, accept this
1: role. I mean, do you say no when Martin Scorsese calls? <laughs> um, but seriously, though, Molly, in reading the book, I had such, such an immediate response to who I understood her to be, and a lot of that was based on a lot of the stories that I heard about my own great-grandmother, Lily, who I'm named after, uh, my mm-hmm. father's grandmother. He spent a lot of time with her, he, I've grown up hearing stories about how she was, how she was in public, how she was with, in private with family, the blend of traditionalism, um, being a very traditional Blackfoot woman, but also being a very devout Catholic. Um, there were a lot of similarities I felt like I could draw on and that I recognized right away. I was also very, very excited to play a character that, even though we're removed now by a century, Essentially, we're seeing American Indian people in a modern context in a way that we don't always see in films like this, especially this budget with this type of audience. And I was so moved by having the chance to contribute to this history and this story, becoming so much a part of the mainstream. There's, um, yeah, it's, it's an incredible book. It's a very, very difficult history, but it's such an important one to be talking about.
0: Absolutely. Did you know the story of Molly before the book came out? And uh, uh, if, what, if anything, surprised you about, about this period, this time in history?
1: I hadn't known of Molly before, before the book, but you know, my, my awareness of Osage was pretty much because of my, um, my love of Maria Tallchief, I was a little ballerina. Like I did competitions in Butte when I was little. I took home a first-place trophy in Butte when I was nine. Um, so ballet was kind of my outlet when I was a kid. I came to theater because of Missoula Children's Theater, and that kind of gave me the love for performance initially, but ballet was my thing. <clears throat> and so my parents let me know about Maria Tallchief, the America's first prima ballerina who's Osage. From Fairfax, the same town where a lot of the film takes place, same town where the Kyle sisters lived, closest to um, their community of gray horses, you know, a stone's throw from Fairfax. But um, yeah, I I remember when I was learning more about Maria Tallchief, encouraged by my parents, my dad told me about Os- Osage oil wealth. And told me the classic story that is depicted in the film. Um, in Those early days, the the first generation that had this money, they would be driving around these, you know, Rolls Royces, and then car would run out of gas, and they'd just okay, just leave it, and then go buy another one. Um, it was a, it was a funny story, and I remember talking to him about that, like Maria Tallchief having. Being able to go to ballet lessons on her reservation because we had to drive from East Glacier to Kalispell once a week so I could continue ballet, um, which you know Montanans are used to driving long distances. It's and it was always fun. But um, yeah, he talked about uh, he talked about Osage oil wealth, and then he'd also just said there were Osages that were killed for their money, and I didn't, I had no awareness of how systemic that was. I didn't have the language of it being the Reign of Terror. I didn't know about the Kyle sisters until the book. And then what I've learned since then, since making the movie, since reading the book, is the FBI did turn up about 60 names of people that were killed in this reign of terror. There were far more than that. There are so many unsolved cases in the hundreds, several hundred people during this time, several hundred hundred Osages. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, Lily, uh, one final question. Considering your Blackfeet heritage and the increased notoriety that you're gaining from this role, do you think you can transfer that to uh, bringing awareness to issues facing Native Americans today, particularly on the Blackfeet reservation with the missing and murdered Indigenous Peoples crisis?
1: Absolutely. Um, I'm grateful that this opportunity has afforded me the kind of platform that I can I'm an executive producer, and we'll be narrating a documentary by Ivy and Ivan McDonald, who are both Blackfeet. Um, one of the most heavily featured stories in that one is Ashley Heavy Runner, Heavy Runner Ashley Loring Heavy Runner. Um, so, yeah, absolutely. I hope that any recognition that I I garner through this period eventually goes back to where it's supposed to go.
0: Uh Lily, thank you so much for taking time to talk to us. Good luck uh, on the, the movie and uh, continued success as well.
1: Thank you so much. It was great to meet you.
0: John Isaiah Pepion's website describes him as a renowned graphic ledger artist, muralist, and educator based on the Blackfeet Reservation in Browning, Montana. I had a chance to visit his studio and learn more about his art more than 10 years ago.
2: 1905, and that's a, that's a pretty big paper.
0: To most people, these journals are just historic accounts. I'm a
2: fan of the silk paper.
0: To John Pepion, they're his canvas. Sometimes I read those. Pepion, a member of the Blackfeet Nation, is a ledger artist.
2: Uh, Ledger art is an old uh, art form that some people believe came from pictographic rock art. Later led to paintings on hides. Later led to ledger paper. My uh, great great grandfather Mountain Chief, the old Mountain Chief, painted uh, winter counts on hides. And i seen some of those hides in some of these teepee liners, so that inspired me.
0: John was also heavily influenced by the late George Flett, a renowned ledger artist, and his relative Terence Gardopy, another well-known artist. A lot of his artistic ideas come from attending Blackfeet ceremonies. I, I
2: sit there and I observe everything, the way people are moving, the way people are painted, the way the designs are, so that's a lot of motivation for what you see now.
0: From Santa Fe to Hollywood to closer to home in places like Livingston and Haver, his artwork is continuing to gain exposure. Uh, my
2: under name is Wolf Trail, so uh, that's one of my favorite characters to use in art. Is the
0: and while John is hard pressed to pick a favorite I'm among the hundreds seen, of pieces he's produced, scenes. there's one aspect that makes his art stand out.
2: What I, what I really like and proud of is uh, my horses. Okay. The reason why is their movement and their big hoofs. I love the hoofs. And this particular piece does deal with uh, like the circle, you know, the circle, four again, you know, four winds, Mother Earth. Uh, the horses, this will be black, this will be red, this will be white, and this will be yellow. You know, it stands for All Races in the World.
0: He also tackles contemporary issues, as evidenced by the piece, This is What It Feels Like to Be an American Indian, done on a prison ledger from the 1800s. John says his love for ledger art has also rekindled his interest in finding out more about his heritage.
2: And that's a yellow Buffalo Lodge. A lot of the stuff I draw still exists today.
0: With a rich history, a multitude of current issues, and thousands of ledger pages to draw from, John Pepion's inspiration is endless. I'm
2: pretty sure that this will be my medium for the rest of my life, even though I can do other things.
0: In addition to ledger art, Pepion also does drawings on bison hides, which he was doing in October as he prepared for an installation at the Paris Gibson Square Museum of Art in Great Falls entitled,
3: within well so we're part of the black confederacy and there's three more reserves in canada and i'm from the black v nation and i feel that and now in 2023 we are going through changes in different communities and as a tribe to heal ourselves from the past and 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 a lot of healing going on uh, from what has happened from boarding schools to, to traumas, to, to the reservation life, to what we face now, so contemporary times. And then as an artist, I feel like I'm playing my part. I feel like artist therapy, art can heal too, because it's also healing myself. I'm been on our healing journey through diabetes and just my personal life, so artist therapy.
0: Pepillon's art isn't just confined to Montana. He was the poster artist for filmmaker Ken Burns' latest project, The American Buffalo.
3: It's been a blessing working with uh, PBS and SJI Associates for Ken Burns' new film, American Buffalo. I'm the poster artist. It's been a great experience seeing my art everywhere, uh, promoted uh, people screenshotting and I've been watching the documentary, it's a great documentary and it's just been a great honor to represent my tribe.
0: And he also knows Lily Gladstone. In fact, some of his pieces played a role in promotion of Killers of the Flower Moon.
3: So I think it was British Vogue did a photo shoot with uh, Lily Gladstone and Leonardo DiCaprio for Killers of the Flower Moon, and they had a bunch of uh, 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 native collaborators through eighth generation, and I was one of them. And one of the photos, she she's sitting on one of my blankets and then on one of their live uh, videos, they have all the merchandise and stuff scattered on table and you can see some of my scarves on the table. Yeah, and a bunch of, uh, there's a few more Montana artists on the cover of Vogue.
0: Pepillon is collaborating with fellow
4: Blackfeet artist Lewis still smoking on Within. I do a lot of portraiture, historical references uh, with a mixture of the cultural symbolisms or even storytelling, oral histories. And I try to incorporate it in a way that's fairly contemporary, very expressive, and uh, also very colorful. My color palette's pretty diverse, but i uh, it seems consistent, but um, I try to engage with the the viewer and leave them with a sense of uh, you know, like a knowledge or they take away something as they're viewing it. So it's it's an experience. Basically, I want to portray an experience that's engaging, colorful, and sometimes it's, you know, like a historical reference. Maybe it'll engage even more research or that, that uh, ability to <coughs> kind of find their own way. The title really falls into the, um, you know, me and John's upbringing and how like those stories that we depict and the culture itself helps develop a sense of uh, belonging to the the people but also you know teaches you how to be a good person teaches you ethics and morality and like it's but it you know it starts at a young age with the language but also with the storytelling it's there's always a moral behind the story but then there comes that responsibility as an adult you, want to transfer that knowledge to your children, so it's, it's kind of a cycle. You know, you, you're young and then you get old and you transfer all the knowledge that you basically absorbed within your community. You don't just learn from your mother and your father, you learn from everyone. You take that knowledge and you, you know, hopefully you can pass it down to children or your family or your nieces or nephews, or even just you know, like me and you. Just, you know, you don't have to be Native American to experience that. It's just uh, data, you know, so that we can have that connection. And I think that's really what the, the work's about, having that connection and bridging that gap from not knowing something to actually experiencing a culture that you normally wouldn't be experienced to. The pair have worked together before
0: on a mural in downtown Great Falls. In preparation for the installation, a portrait of a woman by still smoking was still in progress.
4: Uh, I wanted to comment about uh, the boarding school era and how that, that transition was more for a contemporary uh, aspect, so like, you know, just basic things, but how that kind of suppressed our, our traditional knowledge, but then we had a re- revitalization later in history. And it's just like this renaissance. We're just trying to absorb so much more information. I think that's an important commentary, but at the same time, it's about survivance. The people that came out of that are survivors, but we need to look at it like, uh, you know, we're lucky. You know, we're lucky to be here because some of them didn't make it. But we we can't focus on the bad things. We have to focus on the good and the, the fact that we can practice our religion we can express ourselves through the visual aspects of it or even like you know some other things like you know putting up a teepee and ceremonies and drum making but you know we need to look at the good things and it's it's a bad part of history but I'm trying to paint it in a way that's a positive message you know basically I'm just saying I'm thankful to be here to to paint something like that and, you know, basically I want to honor my ancestors.
0: Like Pepillon, still smoking also feels art is therapeutic.
4: Well, I think as a child, you know, in a rural setting, there's not much to do. I mean, of course, you can only explore so much, you know, running around, out in the plains, but uh, I had like an antique desk from like the 50s and I put a lot of work into that desk and I would stack like sketchbooks. But like to me, it was just a way for me to enjoy something outside of everything else around me. So it was kind of like an escape for me, but I really would engage with, like I had a pretty vivid imagination. So I wanted to take that, but improve my ability to draw things because I can visualize very well in my head, but to project it into the world. I needed to build that craft and basically connect my hand to my brain. (laughs) But uh, yeah, I think it is very therapeutic. Even now, you know, just everyone, I mean, even you should make a habit of just trying to refine that tool. You know, whether it's writing or drawing, it's just having that connection and the ability to do that. The Within
0: installation is open through March 18th of 2024. More information about Pepeon is available on his website, JohnIsaiahPepeon.com. And you can learn more about Lewis Still Smoking on Facebook and Instagram. Meanwhile, Killers of the Flower Moon can be seen in movie theaters and will be available on Apple TV's streaming service. I invite you to subscribe to McGonagall's Chronicles wherever you get your podcasts and leave a review of the program. You can also follow the podcast on social media. I'll be back soon with another interesting guest with a Montana connection. And until then, for McGonagall's Chronicles Making Montana Connections, I'm Tim McGonagall.